This is Calm and Cozy, episode 49. You're listening to the Calm and Cozy podcast. I'm Beth Wyatt, your insomnia, rest, and self-care coach. I'm also an artist, avid crocheter, expert napper, and occasional blogger. This podcast is full of practical advice for anyone looking for relief from insomnia symptoms, racing thoughts, and bedtime anxiety. I also cover general sleep topics, stress relief, and peaceful self-care rituals. If your life could use a little less busyness and a little more stillness, fill up your diffuser and find your coziest blanket because you're in the right place. This episode is about the night I spent in a sleep clinic. Episode 48 will fill you in on the whole backstory, why I was referred to a sleep clinic. You can go there now and listen if you haven't already, and I'll just wait here, okay? Okay, welcome back. In episode 48, you would have heard me talk about my history with excessive daytime sleepiness and wanting to find out why I could take three naps a day even though I was sleeping well at night. I spoke to my family doctor, and she referred me to have a sleep study done. About a month ago, I got a call from a sleep clinic close by, and they had an opening that weekend, which was only two nights away from the time I got the call. The woman on the phone asked a few questions about my sleep, and then told me to bring comfortable clothes to sleep in, earplugs if I wore them, which I do, and told me not to bring my own pillow. She didn't tell me why, but I googled it after I got off the phone and read that sleep clinics worry about people bringing bed bugs from home, so they aren't allowed to bring their own pillows anymore. That Sunday night, I arrived at the clinic at 9 o'clock in the evening and sat in the reception area to fill out a few forms. A woman came in with her teenage daughter, and they walked over to get their forms, turned around to face me, and then stood there wondering where they should sit. My immediate reaction in awkward situations with strangers is to make a joke, so I waved my hand and said, Hey, sleepy girl, sit over here. Thankfully, they laughed, and then they came to sit near me. It became clear pretty quickly that the daughter was the patient with the sleep issues, and the mom was there for moral support. I wish I had known I was allowed to bring my mom, because I probably would have. The woman at the desk turned on a small TV in the corner of the room and played a video about sleep apnea for us, and then she left. The video was pretty outdated, so the three of us just made jokes about the video being so boring on purpose that we would fall asleep before our sleep study started. A couple minutes later, our names were called and we were ushered into the back hallway. My sleep technician had a hard-to-pronounce name, so she told me I could call her Shelly. She walked me to my room, told me to get changed into my cozy clothes, use the washroom, and then wait in my room for her. I had brought my coziest pants, my favorite t-shirt, and my slippers with me. I changed into them, I emptied my bladder, and then I returned to my room. 
The room was small with beige walls and hardwood floors. On one side was a single bed with a painted blue headboard and beside it a matching night table. On the other side of the room was a metal chair and a fan. The bed had a small box sitting on it, about the size of a label maker. The box was covered with a bunch of buttons with straps and wires all splayed across the full length of the bed, waiting patiently for a human to attach themselves to. On the night table were two more weird boxes with buttons, and then a big walkie-talkie looking thing sitting on the top of the headboard. I took a few pictures with my phone, I sent them to Jake, and then I sat on the edge of the bed for Shelly to arrive. The mattress felt a little too firm for my liking, but before I could text home about it, Shelly appeared. She pulled the metal chair beside the bed and told me to sit down. She explained everything that she was going to be doing, and she started cleaning areas of my head and face with little square wipes that smelled like rubbing alcohol. She then dabbed globs of cold glue in all the places that she had wiped, and attached wires to my cheeks, temples, forehead, scalp, and the little areas behind my ears. My finger was clamped with something uncomfortable, and my legs had a few wires attached to them as well. In total, I had 22 wires attached to my body. The wires were going to measure my nighttime sleep patterns, my brain waves, the oxygen level in my blood, my heart rate and breathing, as well as my eye and leg movements. I had straps around my upper chest and my waist, and then a tube went just far enough into my nostrils that I thought I was going to start sneezing. Shelly, I'm a sneezer, I said, worrying I would shoot all the wires across the room with one mighty blow. When I get started, I sneeze 16 or 17 times. That's okay, she said in her broken English. If you sneeze, take the tube out, and when you're done, I put the tube back in. If she wasn't worried, I shouldn't worry either. The nose tube was to monitor the breath coming from my nose, and it had a little plastic loop that was just about an inch from my mouth to monitor my mouth breathing. Shelley had me lie down in bed. I was just about to instruct me in the next step, but I interrupted her. Can you take a picture of me, please? I want to post this on Instagram. Shelley used my phone to take a picture of me pretending to sleep, and then said, For this one, look miserable. And we laughed, and she took another picture. Shelly turned on the fan, which she suggested I use because the rooms tend to get warm, and then she turned off the lights, and she left. It was time to test the Frankenstein wires. I heard her voice over the speaker next to the bed. She had me go through a number of eye and mouth movements, then breathing with my nose, my mouth, then snoring. The snoring test went on for what felt like forever, and at one point I started laughing at my own snoring noises. The test was done, everything was good, Shelley said goodnight, and my sleep study began. The room was dark except for a circle of little red lights at the other end of the ceiling. Shelley was watching me. I made a mental note to resist the urge to do anything embarrassing, like picking my nose or scratching my privates. <laughs> and then I remembered that I was covered in wires and tubes, so picking and scratching would be difficult. I wondered if I farted in my sleep. Oh, my hair was tickling my neck. When I tried to move my hair back, my hand bumped a wire and I was afraid I'd ruin Shelley's handiwork. 
I lay on my back on the hard mattress with my hands over my belly and the duvet up to my chin. I closed my eyes and tried to relax. I heard a door open and I checked to see if it was mine. I heard a toilet flush and then someone sneezed once. Show off. And then I started to worry that my purse could get stolen by a sleepwalking patient in the middle of the night. Then my head was itchy, so I moved my wired hand slowly up to my head and stuck my finger in a sticky glob of glue. Try to sleep, Beth. I lay there with my eyes closed for a while. I took my own advice and I rested. I was as still as possible and not all that comfortable, but eventually fell asleep. I woke up several times because of noises in the hallway and stared back at Shelly on the other side of the red circle of lights. I tried to scratch my face, but more sticky glue. I closed my eyes and fell back asleep. When the early hours of the morning came, I woke up a lot, each time with a different song in my head, because apparently my dreams are music videos. I was singing Michael Jackson at one point, then Pink, then Don't Stop Me Now by Queen. Each time I fell asleep, I was back in a dream, then waking up briefly, then back to another dream and another song. Wanna make a supersonic man out of you? Morning came too early. A small light went on in the room to prepare me for Shelley's announcement that it was time to get up. Don't stop me now. Having such a good time. Having a ball. I sat up in my bed, my shoulder aching for no apparent reason. If you want to have a good time, just give me a call. Shelly came in to remove my wires at about 6.30 in the morning. I laughed at how I must have looked, exhausted with my puffy eyes squinting and glue in my hair. I went to the washroom to remove the glue from my face and scalp. I got dressed and went to the front reception area to answer questions about my night. My new friends, the mother and daughter, they were there too, and they looked just as tired as I did. We greeted each other with a sarcastic, good morning, how'd you sleep conversation. Horribly, and you? Oh, you know, just couldn't move on account of the 22 electrodes. The morning forms wanted to know how I thought I had slept. I said not great, but it was because I was covered in wires and not able to move, which rarely happens at home in my own bed. They asked how tired I was upon waking, and I told them I was ready for a nap. I submitted the forms, was told I would get a call in three to four weeks, said goodbye to my friends, and was on my way. My follow-up appointment's at the end of May, and I'll get to see the 80-something pages of results. If they see something that suggests a sleep disorder, like narcolepsy or a hypersomnia, I'll have to spend another night there followed by a day of napping for 20 minutes every two hours. They do this to check to see how quickly the patient falls asleep and if they go into REM sleep during their naps. Well, all in all, my experience at the sleep clinic was pleasant enough. I gave them a good review on Google. Sure, the rooms weren't of five-star hotel caliber, but it wasn't the worst night of my life either. I've always wondered what it would be like to spend a night in a sleep clinic, and now I know. So, what should we do next? This has been the Calm and Cozy Podcast. Thank you, as always, for listening, my beautiful bedtime thinkers. 
Until next time, sleep well and stay cozy. And to my mom who listens to my podcast every night as she falls asleep. Good night, mama.